This is Caregiver's Compass, an uplifting podcast all about the ins and outs of caregiving for a loved one. Tips, tricks, true stories, and experts. It's all here on Caregiver's Compass. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Caregiver's Compass. My name is Stephanie Muscat. I am a registered social worker and psychotherapist. Please note that this episode is not the act of psychotherapy. Today, we are talking about when it is okay to say no as a caregiver. And this can be such a hard thing to do and such a fine line for so many out there who really want to give it their all and feel like they need to give it their all 100% of the time. It is not easy to say no in these situations. And I want to illustrate a real example of a patient that I had in the hospital and how their loved one had to build up the courage to say no because it was just too much for her. And I hope that this can really show an example of a situation where somebody felt completely helpless but was overwhelmed and needed to stand up for themselves and really take control of their needs in their own life. So I am going to be changing the story a little bit and also the names of the people involved just for confidentiality to ensure that I am protecting every party involved in this story. But we are going to call my patient Clyde and we are going to call his daughter Barbara. And Clyde came into the hospital from a retirement home because he had significant heart concerns. His heart rate was very, very low. And the retirement home noticed that he was having trouble breathing. So they brought him into the emergency room. He required oxygen ongoing, and they did not wanna take him back at the retirement home until he was stable. So he came over to my unit and his daughter, Barbara was an extremely active caregiver. She had her own business on the side and she had a brother who was located somewhere else in Canada, but she was the primary person. She was the one that was involved in everything. Her brother wasn't really that involved and she was stressed. You could tell how stressed she was. She had gone back and forth with her father Clyde through the system so many times the previous year. He had a Lewy body dementia. He was extremely behavioral and he also had a lot of issues with spending. He had a lot of spending habits and would act erratically without knowing. And he also was extremely verbally behavioral and he would yell at her and criticize her as a side of his dementia. He also did not realize obviously what was going on. He had no insight into his cognitive concerns and he would give out thousands of dollars to staff members. He needed to carry cash on him at all times. And this was obviously very concerning to his daughter because this was his money to pay for his housing and retirement and he was giving it away. So 
after going through multiple retirement homes and in and out of the hospital, must have been 10 times in the previous year, he came to us and the retirement home said, he needs to be under control. Also, his behaviors were out of control when he was with us and we need some medication to calm him down because he was going around screaming at the staff and also the money thing was concerning to them. He would place money under the doors of every resident at the home. So when he came to us, Barbara was extremely stressed. And this is also in the middle of COVID. So she was not able to visit him without multiple PCR tests per week, which was hard for her to do. This was before vaccines. So the mandate was getting multiple PCR tests per week for the visitors. And that was really hard for her. And she would get call after call from her father saying he wanted to get out of there, blaming her for being there. And she was helpless. She couldn't come there. But he also would tell her that he needed all these things. He told her he lost a radio. Well, he never came with a radio, but he told her he needed her to buy her radio. He told her all these things were happening with the staff that were not, to our knowledge, occurring. And he would call and blame her and criticize her and tell her he wanted nothing to do with her and he wanted her out of his life. He was capable enough of knowing that she was managing his affairs and he would push back, but his dementia had progressed to a certain point where his behaviors were very erratic and his insight was very limited. And she would call me and email me all the time. She didn't know what to do. He would constantly tell her that she needed to get out of his life and it would very much stress her out and be very upsetting for her. And she went like this for years before I saw them. I don't even know how she was standing at this point. It was it was just so much for her and I could understand why she was so stressed and she would have no outlet. She didn't know how to share her emotions, how to get that out. And so she would email me and leave me messages because my role in the hospital is a support person and a mental health support person as well. So after a while, I was on the phone with her and I said, listen, it's okay to say no. It's okay to step back. It's okay not to be as involved. He is being taken care of. You are doing everything you can, but clearly you are extremely stressed and everything that's happening is out of your hands. And she said to me, you know, I, I can't, I, I don't, I have to be there for him. He has nobody else. My brother's not involved. I need to do it. I'm so stressed. And I said, it's okay to not call him every single day. It's okay to not try to come in multiple times a week. He is safe. He is as okay as he's going to be. You have to take control over your mental health. And that was very hard for her. I think she felt a lot of guilt about the possibility of stepping aside and not being there all the time. But I think she also recognized that she couldn't continue like this ongoing without an end. And so I think after a couple of days, she realized that she needed to take a step back and she did. And she, of course, was still present for him and anything that was needed and the hospital staff could call her. But she really decided to take control of her life and realize where things were out of control with Clyde. 
And she did a really good job at this. It was really hard for her. I know it was. And in this situation, she did what I think is so important in these scenarios, which is she took advantage of the staff that were around in terms of them being a point person for her. And she was able to establish boundaries and say, you know what, I can't come in next week. I'm really tired. Is it okay if a staff member checks on my dad and just make sure he's okay every day and just send me an email and let me know he's okay. I'm going to step back. And she was very good at assigning people and navigating people in a way that wasn't too overwhelming for the staff, but still allowed her to take a step back. And she did that really well. When it was time for him to go back to his retirement home, and we had to book transportation. She was very upfront and very transparent in saying, you know, here's what I can do, here's what I can't do. I need to take care of my mental health. And she really did that well. I saw her grow from having, you know, no ability to have those boundaries because she felt so guilty and so embedded. And her father would really make her feel guilty as well to being able to step aside and create those boundaries and take advantage of what was in front of her and the resources. So I would say in situation like this, what is needed is to constantly remind yourself that your loved one is safe. They are okay where they are. There's only so much you can do for them. It's extremely helpless. It's extremely emotional reach out to people who can support you in that respect but also ask the support people in the hospital what can they provide how can they support you what little things can they do maybe as a team as individuals on a team to help you out during this time when you can't navigate everything by yourself and then be transparent and say i'm going to take a step back here here and here so the team is aware she even told her dad that's what she was going to do. So he was aware and he may not have remembered it. So we would go and remind him, you know, your daughter is not available today. She's going to come in tomorrow or your daughter's not available tomorrow. She'll be in next week. And that way we worked with her as a team and she did that really well. She stood her boundaries really well and she was able to reclaim some of her life. Obviously, it was still very, very stressful for her. But she did that in a very great manner. And it's just very important to say no when you feel like you're at your wit's end and take advantage of what is around you to your best ability. It may feel out of control and you may feel that it's not the absolute best you could do for your loved one. But in some situations, you have to do it when enough is enough. And it's been ongoing for years in her situation, a pandemic, very behavioral concerns. That's when she had to say no. So it's okay to say no. And that's what I want to say today. No can be a complete sentence. You can say no. And she did that really well. So I hope you found this story helpful and relatable, and maybe you can think of situations where you could say no and enforce that and focus on your own lives as caregivers. I hope you're doing well, and I will see you in our next episode. Thanks for listening to Caregiver's Compass. 
If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. Your ratings and reviews help more people like you find our podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and share this episode with someone you think would love it. I'm Stephanie Muscat. Have an uplifting day and I'll see you next time.